former Rams players. I mean, just to name a few. Rocky Bly is up there looking me in the face. And then I look at my baseball wall over there with, you know, just a beautiful frame picture of Pete Rose and George Brett and Nolan Ryan. And that's just naming a few. Boy, am I happy to be here with you today. Hope all of you had a terrific weekend. And right out of the gate, as you know, it's Football Monday. We like to talk about football, and we're going to talk about football today. But we do have a, a couple of other things. As I always say, you know, when we have Football Monday, doesn't mean that every single Monday we'll just talk about football. If there is news in the world of sports we feel is necessary to bring you or topics we are going to talk about them, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. But before before we get into that, some breaking news from a couple of different organizations. Let's start with the NBA as Adam Silver and the NBA and NBPA, which is the Players Association, they have reached an agreement to extend through the 60-day window that preserves the league's right to terminate the collective bargaining agreement in the wake of the pandemic. This is what sources are telling ESPN. The original 60-day window was closing earlier this week. And then right after that comes down, the um, Amateur ha Hockey League, AHL, Board of Governors, had just voted to cancel the remainder of the 2019-2020 AHL regular season and the 2020 Calder Cup playoffs due to the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis. So right away out of the gate, Monday morning, we got some breaking news for you, and we wanted to make sure we got that to you. Also, later today, I will tell you right now, I'm just letting you know early, there's going to be news out of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, sometime later today, I, I believe around noontime, is going to propose... Um, to the Major League Players Association that it's time to get back to work and what that plan is to do that. And then, of course, the MLBPA will have to approve it. And we'll talk a little bit about that in an upcoming segment about what needs to be done to get Major League Baseball started. But it looks like that's going to happen sooner than later. 
Now, those of you that have been dying for sports had an opportunity to watch some this weekend, and again next weekend you'll be able to do so as well as next Sunday NASCAR begins at Darlington. So we got some NASCAR coming up, and this past weekend we had some UFC fighting, and you know, I'm going to be right up front with all of you. I am not a UFC fighting fan for no reason. I don't have anything against the people, but I'm an old school guy. You know, I used to grow up, I used to love boxing. I'd watch Ali, Foreman, Frazier, Duran, Arguello, Aaron Pryor. Yeah, some Mike Tyson later on. But, you know, I'm used to unbelievable guys fighting it out and duking it in the ring. And I'm more of the boxing type guy, like in boxing way back when. And I think that's what lost a lot of its jest in previous years. But anyway, there was no other sports. We're all dying for live sports. And this weekend, I have to give credit where credit is due. And Dana White, you deserve a lot of credit. You came back. You went without fans. What a great, great job he did. Um, and I'm sure there's still going to be people criticizing out there that, you know, the Joe Reagan or Rogan, however you pronounce his name, you know, shook hands, didn't wear a mask, didn't wear gloves. You know what? Cut the bullshit and stop looking for every little excuse to find something going wrong. Here was something that was done right. We needed that as a sports society and a great, great job. And if you got to see the fights, I mean... There was a couple of situations there where Cowboy versus Pettis was a questionable who should have won that. Um, Henry Cejudo uh, announcing his retirement right after the fight while he's being interviewed by Rogan. Um, you had the main event is Gaffey versus uh, Ferguson, what, which was one heck of a fight where uh, Gaffey ended up winning the interim belt. Just some great, great action. Just a lot of fun if you were looking for something to watch live in sports. But I thought the most amazing thing out of that whole fighting was the fight that uh, Francis uh, Nagunu, or Naguno, the guy from Canada who whooped up on um, his opponent within 20 seconds. I can go ahead and play this fight on tape for you Right now on Frankly Speaking Sports, that's how quick it was. Let's listen to it. By Modelo, brute for those with a fighting spirit. And Ganu is in black. Rosenstrike is in gray. Left, 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 left. Early inside leg kick is there for Biggie Boy. Oh! Oh! It's over. Rosenstrike is out. Whoa. And Ganu. Rosenstrike was out within, you know, they called it 20 seconds, but 15 seconds into the round, he is down and out. TKO, baby. And I, I just, Ghanu was just, Nagano was just something, was just incredible and just beat the you-know-what out of him. So going back to what I was saying, I thought it was a really, really great job by UFC. 
And once again, you're going to find people in everything we do. I don't know if it's the greatest thing about sports, but when you're a sports fan, you always have the pros and cons and everything. And you have people that are just happy to see sports. And you'll have those people that have nothing better in life to do than just to wake up in the morning and say, let me see what I can find today to complain about. Dana White. Screw what everybody says. You did a great job, and I'm proud to know that you did it because I thought it was a great, great job. And we're trying to get Justin Gaffey. We've sent him an invitation to come on, frankly speaking, sports. Uh, so hopefully within the next couple of days, we'll hear back from him, and we can actually go ahead and do that. We also invited Tony Ferguson on the show as well. So hopefully within the next couple of days, we'll hear back from them and they will be guests on our upcoming show. Now, we talked a little bit about Major League Baseball and we're going to get a little bit into that. Today, there is going to be a conference call, as I mentioned earlier in the program, in regards to Major League Baseball starting back up. The conference call is basically going to be between Major League Baseball and the MLBPA, the Players Association, on what needs to be done to go ahead and get the season started. It's going to list a bunch of different things, but the first thing is they have to agree on salaries. For example, no fans in the stands. Obviously, that's going to lower the income, so there might be a profit-sharing plan where... Uh, the owners go 50-50. I'm not sure what it's going to entail, but something has to give because they're obviously not going to pay these players full salaries. And that's going to be something that the players obviously already had to deduct some money for the first two months. Now they got to deduct more money going forward. So just a lot to work through. And hopefully, you know, they can do that. Uh, because we all need baseball back as much as we can. And, you know, baseball did a study, um, if you weren't aware of it, where they took thousands and thousands of employees from 26 different teams. They took personnel, some players, um, some stadium workers, and so on. And they did a study, and when uh, the study was to see who tested positive for antibodies for the COVID-19 pandemic. And the study was done, it's been concluded, and less than 1%, to be exact, 0.7%, so less than 1%, did not test positive. I repeat, did not test positive um, for the antibodies, and a percentage of those 0.7 that did test positive for the symptoms okay, was asymptomatic or had just mild, mild symptoms. So what baseball is saying is that of all these people that we've tested, only 0 .1, under 0.1%. And, you know, a lot of people are now going at it about, well, baseball is going to come back, you know, some of the players don't want to come back. You know, and baseball's working on it. The one thing baseball is doing, give them credit for is I can understand people not wanting to be, and athletes 
not wanting to be away from their family during a major situation, a major crisis, a major pandemic like this going on in the United States of America or in the world in general. I understand that. Now, there are other steps involved in this, and I'm not knocking athletes at all. I'm all for the safety of the athletes and the people who work in general in professional sports all the way up to the stadium workers and the parking lot attendants and the people that collect tickets when you come into the game. I'm all for that. But if the U.S. government is allowing you to work and saying you could go back to work, then it's time to go back to work. And let me explain what I mean by that. Today in Arkansas, last week I know in Florida, restaurants are starting to open up 25% or 33% here in Arkansas, whatever the heck the number is that they're opening, okay? So now restaurant workers, if they are still employed and have not been let off, and I'm just using restaurant as an example, the government has said they can open. So now their bosses are saying, hey, you need to come back to work. The government is stating that. It's one thing if the restaurant is saying, come back to work, and the government says no. Then you don't have to come back to work. But if the government is saying it, you have to come back to work, or that restaurant's going to fire your butt. That's what's going to happen. Well, the same thing with athletes. And I'm not criticizing the athletes, but if the, there's got to be a time you come back to work. We need to get over this fear. Now, if the WHO or the uh, medical experts are saying you cannot come back to work and the governments are saying you can't come back to work, no questions asked. Don't come back to work. But if the government is saying you can come back to work, Major League Baseball has the right to say come back to work or the NFL or the NHL or we'll find somebody that wants to come back to work. And I don't disagree with that. If the government is saying it, you know, you have a guy like, you know, Mark Cuban, and I love Mark Cuban to death. You know, the NBA says you can open your facilities a certain way. They say you can open your facilities a certain way. Well, if the government is allowing the NBA to do that, which they are in Texas, then there is no reason why you should do that. Well, I have a right. Mark, you're right. You have a right not to open the your business. But the NBA has the right to exclude you from their business if you don't do so. And there'll be people that say it's right. There'll be people that say it's wrong. But at the, uh, at the end of the day, what other professional business do you have a right to say, no, I'm not coming back to work if the government is allowing you back to work? If the government is allowing you, I'm saying. Once again, if not, then I'm agreeing. Don't go back to work. But what the heck are we waiting for? The government is opening back up. Okay, you can't have this many people. Okay, you're in certain states like Florida, and I think it's going to be Georgia this week, and a couple more, I can't name them all. 
They're going into next week, this Monday coming up, a week from today, phase two of the opening process. By the time Major League Baseball starts playing games, it will already be stage three. There's going to be a point where, okay, let's do it already. Okay? You know, there's never going to be a right time. There's always going to be your critics. There's always going to be people looking for the negative side of everything. It's about damn time that people stop wasting their energy on the negative stuff in life and stop thinking of positive ways and positive things to do to make this world a better place. And that's the problem we have with this society today is that they're looking for the negative. There's negative in everything. There's never positive. Well, there's a lot of positive in base, opening baseball and professional sports up if it's not a risk. If it's not a risk. There's always going to be a risk. You know what? What athlete doesn't play a game where there's not a risk to get sick? What athlete doesn't play a game where there's a risk they're going to get the flu? What athlete doesn't play a game where there is a risk to get a respiratory infection? There are risks in everyday life. Stop making excuses. That's what's killing this world. We'll be back right after this message from our buddy, Dickie Vital. I really like it. Life is meaningless without purpose. And it's so true. Think about it. Even no purpose at all when you wake up and whatever you're trying to do in life, it's got to become meaningless. You have to have purpose. You got to wake up with some goals and some desires that you want to achieve and attain. And it starts again by you having that mental attitude, that mental attitude that I can do it, not that quitter's attitude. What do we often say? A quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Don't quit in anything in life, whether it be sports, whether it be education, law, medicine. You chase that goal you have and you chase it with some meaningful plans and goals that you have and make them happen by your effort and your energy. Yes, you can make it happen. You will make it happen. But it starts with purpose. It starts with a plan and it starts with a goal that you can make a reality. Yes, my motivational tip of the day. I read this. That was the great Dickie V. A reminder that if you got any topics, questions, concerns, things you want to talk about, we will do that right on the show for you. All you have to do is right at the end of this podcast, you leave a message. It's a quick message link. I hear your voice. I play it on the next episode. What's an easier way than doing that? Well, I'll tell you. You go to Frankly Speaking 528 at gmail.com. You can leave a message right there on our email, and we'll go ahead and put it on the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. And then, of course, the fastest-growing sports group page 
on Facebook, frankly speaking sports. And I emphasize the word sports because if you type in frankly speaking, you're going to find out people speaking about everything you don't want to hear about instead of sports. So make sure you type in frankly speaking sports. You come right to our group, join. You get the latest update, the fastest sports news going on in the world. Plus all of our podcasts are put on that uh, that page for your listening pleasure, as well as all the interviews that we do. Now, I thought we had a great topic, uh, you know, before we went to uh, break. And, you know, once again, I'm looking really forward. I'm missing sports a lot. And I just want to clarify once again, we're not saying athletes should be put at risk. All we're saying is if the government allows them to go back to work, then it is time to go back to work. Now, if you haven't heard over the weekend in some football news that uh, the Saints have released uh, offensive lineman Larry Warford, who I believe is a three-time pro bowler, uh, was released. So there's going to be a lot of interest for that offensive lineman from the New Orleans Saints. We're not sure where he'll, he'll end up, but um, also we did get a question on the question line about Cam Newton. What's going on with Cam Newton? Why hasn't Cam Newton signed? Where might he be going? Is it a surprise to you, Larry? No, it's not a surprise. I've been saying this on my show for the past couple of weeks that a lot of different teams wanted Cam Newton, was interested in Cam Newton, but without Cam being able to do a complete physical at those team-specific sites, nobody is going to sign Cam Newton, and that's exactly what's going on. You know, I find it hard to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback, and they just picked up Mike Glennon, uh, I believe it was Thursday or Friday, would have picked up Mike Lennon over Cam Newton if they were comfortable that Cam Newton was healthy. The problem with Cam right now is nobody knows about his health. It's all a big question mark, and nobody wants to risk doing that. Now, a couple questions came up. Where might he go? One destination that people have been talking about, which I don't know if he'll go there or not, is Washington because Ron Rivera is there, and I believe his old offensive uh, coordinator, Scott Turner, is also there. But um, they just signed, if I'm correct, not too long ago, Cam, who Cam's backup, Kyle Allen, and they still have Dwayne Haskins. So they are really not in need of Cam Newton. So I don't see that happening. Then people go, well, how about New England? New England, you know, they just got Stidham and Hoyer. Guys, I cannot say this enough. New England has no money left on the salary cap. There is no way, shape, or form. They got $2 million, if they're lucky, remaining on their salary cap. That is nowhere enough to get Cam Newton, number one. Number two, can they restructure contracts? Um, and, you know, forfeit money here and there and there and finagle it around, sure they can, but they're not going to. 
too much risk right there. Um, then, you know, someone said, how about the Chargers? Well, the Chargers got Tyron Taylor, and they just drafted Justin Herbert, so there's no way it'd be foolish for him to go out there. Um, the only place that I could see that would make sense if he is healthy, and I keep stressing the word healthy, because right now nobody knows, the best place would be the Chicago Bears. All they have is Nick Foles. They just let Travinsky go. Um, they, you know, they didn't sign him on his uh, fifth-year option. So there's no telling what's going on there. So right now they got Nick Foles and nobody else. So if I, if you're asking me what I think, if he's healthy, the best landing spot right now would be the Chicago Bears for Cam Newton, but. I can't tell you if that's going to happen. Now, tomorrow, I really want you to join us. And we're not leaving yet, so don't go away. we got plenty of football still to talk about. But tomorrow, we're going to have an exciting show. We're going to be talking about minor league baseball. And I waited until Tuesday to do this. Um, and we're trying to get some people on who deal with minor league baseball on our show tomorrow to talk about the specific topic. But tomorrow's show is going to deal with the draft going from 40 rounds down to five rounds and what that means to players, what that means to baseball teams, and how it's going to affect everybody involved. So you definitely want to listen to tomorrow's show. We also have a poll on Facebook. Is real simple poll. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl next year that's played in Tampa? And this is how the breakdown came. So far, and we've had quite a few voters, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which understand we have a huge following here for Tampa Bay Buck fans. We also got a big following for Kansas City Chief fans, and they're number one and two. 48% say the Bucs will, uh, will win the Super Bowl. 31% say the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. Then both the Bears and the Saints had 5%, and I'll tell you what, I think the Bears are just two Bear fans that um, are looking for some hope. I don't see that happening. And then there was one vote each, uh, I'm sorry, not one vote, 2% each for the Patriots, Vikings, Jets, Titans, and Cowboys. And I think the, the, the most surprising thing about the vote is that nobody picked the Ravens. Cowboys don't surprise me. The Cowboys do not surprise me. Um, but for somebody to pick, the Titans do not surprise me. But for somebody not to pick the Ravens, I thought that was very, very, very surprising that nobody did pick them. Now, in a couple moments, we're going to have a, frankly speaking, corresponding Craig Frank joining us. And, you know, we talked about the Cowboys for a minute. Also, I have a lot of Dallas listeners. I noticed that. And, you know, I think the Dallas Cowboys have a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of people are picking the Eagles to win that division. I was looking around, doing some research. I just wanted to find out, you know, who everyone is picking next year. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles have to be one of the most overrated teams in the NFL next year. 
I mean, last year, yes, they won their division, 9-7, and seven, and that was only because Dallas found too many ways to lose games rather than win games. They had no running game. I think their leading rusher had 800 yards rushing. Don't quote me on that. But I know it wasn't over 1,000 yards. They didn't have a receiver over 1,000 yards. And I think that tight end was their leading receiver on that team last year. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have one heck of an explosive offense this year. They're getting better on defense. They added C.D. Lamb already to a nice group with Amari Coop and Gallup with a Zeke Elliott. They strengthened their lineup a little bit. I mean, this team is a dangerous team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I think a lot of people are underrating the Cowboys. And it's not going to be easy anymore. The only really, really weak team in that division, when I say weak, I mean really bad, is the Washington Redskins. The Giants are getting better. And everybody knows, you know, I'm not a Giants fan, but if you had to pick a team that could be a dark horse in a division, I would pick the New York Giants. Now, with that explosive offense they got, as well as, you know, that defense is just getting better and better. So I, I honestly think that the Cowboys can win that division over the Eagles. I think that, I'm, you know, my surprise team is the Giants. But let's say the Giants don't do as well as everyone thinks. I would go with the Cowboys, then Eagles, then Giants, then Redskins. But I'm predicting the Giants to have eight wins next year. And a lot of people question me, but we'll, you know, that's why we play the games. And at the end of, you know, at the end of next year, we'll find out if I was right or if I was wrong. When we come back from break, we are going to go live to our Frankly Speaking correspondent, Craig Frank, out of Tampa Bay, to talk some Buccaneer football, and we'll talk a little bit about baseball as well. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. Hope you're all enjoying the show so far, and hope everyone is really, really doing well during these challenging times why the country is trying and attempting to reopen up. I know we talked a little bit about the Cowboys uh, before we went on break. Um, just something about the Cowboys that I didn't mention is they got the third easiest strength of schedule in the league. And once again, don't mean nothing. You still have to play the games. But when you have the easiest schedule, you got to beat those teams. So the Cowboys do have that. Um, I think they open week one on Sunday night versus the Rams. So it's a tough game to open up the season. Um, but they got five primetime games just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A little different. They got three Sunday night games, one Monday night game, and one Thursday night game. And I think... Um, the Thursday game is actually on Thanksgiving. I'm sure it is. The Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. So I'm sure that game is on Thanksgiving. So looking forward to uh, football definitely coming back up. Now, as always, when things break in Tampa Bay or something happens 
we need to discuss in Tampa Bay. We always go to our frankly speaking sports correspondent. He's out of Tampa Bay. He covers for us the Buccaneers, the Rays, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's welcome the ever so famous Craig Frank. Craig, how you doing today? Larry, what's up, my brother? Uh, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, too, and a lot seems to be happening, but before we get to some of the news that might be happening later today, you know, we haven't got to talk since the NFL schedules have come out. We did get to talk after the draft. Now that the schedule's out, you have your times, you have your dates, you have who they play back-to-back, what stretches they run. What are your thoughts about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule for the upcoming year? Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the Tom Brady factor and Ron Gronkowski factor are, are really, really strong from the get-go. Um, the Bucks have, what, five, five, night game, uh, five night games, I believe it is. Um, they got uh, one, what do they got? They got uh, Thursday night, two Sunday nights, and two Monday nights. And uh, they actually have a patch there where they play three night games in a row against the Raiders, Giants, and Saints. And uh, two of those are uh, on the road. And uh, that's going to be, and those, those are back to back on the road. So, you know, I think that middle of the schedule right there uh, leading up to the bye uh, is going to be uh, uh, quite competitive for them. Now, not only that, but they play five night games in a seven-week stretch. When you have a, you know, a Tom Brady, 43 years old, let's not deny that he's in tip-top shape. We all know he is. But does that benefit him, or does it really have no effect on him, whether they're night games or day games? You know, he's been doing this for 20 years or so. I mean, And, you know, one thing, yes, he's been playing 20 years, but one thing Tom has not had to deal with in those 20 years is, number one, he's on a different team now. He's been playing for the same team. Number two, he's going to need to learn a different offense. And number three now, he's going through what everybody else is going through with this pandemic going on with COVID-19 where... They haven't had the OTAs or the different types of practices, off-season workouts that they're accustomed to. So, yes, he's a veteran, but he's still a new quarterback on a new team in a new system. Uh, What kind of effect is this going to have on him now? You know, he hasn't even met his teammates yet. Yeah, and and if if you wanted to throw in a fourth one, you might have to get used to the the heat and humidity down here. on a constant basis, on a constant basis. But, uh, uh, you know, 
I think that the best thing for for the Bucks is that he is a veteran. Okay, yes, he's going to have to you know work out. And depending on on who you ask, uh, timing sometimes takes longer for some guys than other guys. Uh, you know, uh, yes, he has new teammates. He's going to learn a new offense. So there is definitely an adjustment period. But I think sometimes. You know, uh, he's going to get on right away. Yeah, they're going to run the route the way they're supposed to run it. Um, he's already got their respect, so that's not something he has to earn. All right? So I think some of the ways where if you had a guy who was five or six years in the league coming down, uh, the transition would be a lot harder than it will be for somebody who automatically, right from the get-go, will get the respect and uh, will start, you know, telling uh, people how to run right routes when they're supposed to. Craig, um, the backup quarterback for Tom Brady is Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Do you see the Buccaneers possibly going after another backup quarterback, or are they going to be uh, are they going to be okay with Blaine there? Well, you know, uh, for right now, now that can change when quarterbacks, you know, in June and when teams start releasing guys, but I think right now they're going with, uh, with they got Gabbert and they got uh, Griffin. Right. You know, um, as their, their backup. Griffin's been a prolonged backup. I mean, he's been doing it behind Jameis now for, what, four years or so. Um, Gabbert uh, had a, you know, really hasn't ever turned into what he, they thought he was going to be, but he has experience, and, and, and you need to have somebody back there to where if Brady goes down or gets, you know, tweaked a little bit, that they can come in and at least manage a little bit. And I think that's where the confidence of having Gabbard, who has some experience. So I, I think for now, unless, like I said, somebody gets dropped uh, that they just, you know, feel they, they're a major upgrade. Now, we're going to switch a little gear now. We're going to switch from football over to baseball real quickly. Um, talk a little Tampa Rays here, or actually MLB in general. Today, somewhere around the noon hour, there is supposed to be a proposal from Major League Baseball to the Players Association to basically a plan outlaying what they need to do to go ahead and get baseball started. Have you heard anything about that? of different things. I mean, things have leaked about them maybe um, being in the same divisions, keeping the AL East and the NL East playing each other. Uh, you've heard other ones where teams would go to certain locations for a while and play there. So I, there's really nothing concrete uh, as far as that goes. Um, you know, again, all these are going to be dictated by the, the pandemic. Um, you know, just like the NFL did, we were just talking NFL. You know that that's a great schedule, and, and we ha everyone has their schedule. But you know that can change based on you know um, uh, what happens with, with the pandemic. So um, I, I don't know officially what they said about the baseball. Um, like you said, that will come up at twelve. But I, I did hear some strong things about teams playing like staying in the East and staying in the West. That type of where it'll be more territorial, but we'll see what comes out of that at noon. Um, yeah, yeah. The Major League Baseball is going to try to keep the teams 
close to home as possible so that they're not as far away from their family. And it brings up the question, and it's, you know, I thought it was a terrific question that someone had asked me is, you know, if the government is allowing businesses to start reopening, example, and I'll just use some examples, whether it's a retail store, a restaurant at 25 or 33% capacity or whatever it might be. The government is allowing these businesses to open. Well, isn't Major League Baseball or the NFL or the NBA, any sport you want to choose, aren't those businesses and shouldn't they do the same thing that, and I'm not talking about 100% with fans and everything, but shouldn't they be making some effort to get back to work if the government once again, I emphasize that the government is allowing them to do so. Yeah, well, you know, Larry, with my point of view on that is it, it all comes down to enforcement. You can have any rule you want. You can say 25% capacity, this capacity, that capacity. Well, that's if you're at a bar and people are not within their six feet or they're, um, they're not wearing masks or whatever, whatever criteria you come up with, needs to be enforced, okay? Or you might as well not not have the rule and everybody, everybody should be able to come in, you know? So um, I think they should have something where they, they, they allow a certain amount of fans. I think it will help the players. I think it will – it's, it's going to be very hard for the players to play with less fans. I mean, let's be honest about it. If you're an athlete, you would – you know, and, and you were – you know that it's so important to have those fans back there, uh, booing or cheering, because it, you, you just play so much better and, you know, you're so much more pumped up for the game. So to, to answer your question, I, I feel that would be fine as long as they enforce whatever safety precautions. To me, it still comes down to safety, okay? Safety should be first, and then uh, I think if that's the case, then, the revenue will start picking up and, and everybody will be happy. Right, and we talked about that earlier in the episode, which you have not had a chance to listen to because it hasn't been uh, processed and produced yet. But one of the things that came up and, you know, some ball players, which is understandable, just like some workers in other professions, they're all, there's always going to be a fear factor. They're always going to have your criticism, whether you're right or wrong. We know that. You're never going to get around that. But, you know, you hear some athletes go, well, if we start up, well, I should have a right not to, you know, go back to my team and play this year. Well, why should it be different? And once again, I'm just bringing up a topic. It could be debated by anyone. But if, you know, if I went back to work tomorrow, let's say I worked at a restaurant or I worked for as a teacher at a school and the, the government said I can go back to work. And the uh, school board says, I have to go back and teach. You know, I have one option. I go back or teach or the school board tells me I'm fired. Why should the athletes have, you know, the owners or their boss, if it's safe and if the government's allowing it, should they have a right to say they don't want to go to work? Well, again, it comes back to what precautions are you taking to make me safe? And... And I think that that's where the player, the players' union, and the uh, the collective bargaining agreement, and, and all those things that the owners and players are in the process of working it out, 
you know, need to be included in something of that. Um, like I said, these are unprecedented times, and, uh, you know, there's not going to be a right or a wrong. There's just going to be what you're going to have to go with the best way you think, but it's got to start, in my opinion, with safety first. Well, you're not going to get, like I said, the players who are going to give your best performance or, or you're going to get the fans that are going to want to come back. If you don't do it from the get-go, in my opinion, then in the long run, you're going to really screw up your business. Right, and I agree with that. But, you know, what a lot of the fans do not realize here, first of all, the players already have given up a part of their salary. Now Major League Baseball, supposedly, this is here, say, from a good inside source that I have, that today on this conference call, due to the fact that there's a very, very high chance we're not going to start with fans when baseball comes back, they're now going to ask players for further cut in their salary and possibly give them you know, some profit sharing where it's 50-50 based on the revenues that come in from other things. So I would think the players would be antsy to get back to work, you know, so they can stop making money again because right now they're not making anything. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, and and this isn't because of, um, you know, a new contract coming up and they don't like the working conditions. Right. They don't like their contract. This is something completely out of uh, pretty much everyone's control as far as, you know, the pandemic happening. That being said, um, there's going to have to be concessions on both sides. Um, or it's not going to, it's not going to work. I mean, they have families too, you know, if they have to worry about bringing home something to their families. Correct. Uh, so there's, there's other, Outside influences that have to be um, that have to be considered here, and uh, it, it, it's a very hard balancing act. But the key is, as long as you start with, you can do one, you can do temperature checks, you can do testing, um, you can do you know whatever. If somebody's been sick or coughing within the last fourteen days, I mean I'm not a doctor, but the point is there are safety measures at least. They can start with to put some of these players at ease. Now, over the weekend, the results came back from the study. Now, the study had nothing to do, supposedly, with Major League Baseball trying to get back to playing. But they did a study where they involved 26 different teams. Uh, several workers and players and stadium workers and parking lot attendants and so on. And only 0.7% did not test positive. I'm sorry, they didn't test positive. So in other words, um, only 0.7 did test positive. Means under 1% was positive. Um, Do you think any of that information, even though they're saying was not related to getting baseball back, may actually be used to get baseball back? Well, uh, again, it, it all... There's so many variables that go into who tests, where they test from, um, or these people who have been ones that have been staying home and not being out in the public, because now most states are opening up. So, um, uh, you know, there's so many variables that go in. Whether There's been stuff about tests not being legit. One minute you're positive, the next time you're negative, or, or you're vice versa. You're negative. But there's so many 
really variable, and this changes so quickly that it's it's really hard to take one very small sample and use that as your as your baseline of of making a decision. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think it's great that they do it, but you need so many more, so many more uh, tests to, to try to conclude that it's going to be safe. Again, you don't know what fans coming in that door when when you open the gate, where they've been, what have you. So, how do you track something like that? You know, um, and uh, again. Some people have this and don't even know they have it. So there's got to be a way. And I don't know if there's a... Everyone's not going to be happy like you said, Larry. So, you know, it's an evolving situation that will change every day. And it has, and it will continue. Absolutely. And, you know, the reason I ask these questions, these are a lot of the topics, and I tell my listeners this, is that you don't hear a lot of people talking about because they don't want to talk about it. And the one thing we do on this show is, you know, we, we're going to bring out these topics. Not everybody might agree with Craig or not everybody might agree with Larry. And I know Craig and I have different opinions on this. But uh, these are the topics I like to talk about on this show. So the fan, because this is a lot about what the fans are thinking. Why aren't they? Why are they? Why can't they do this? I'm hearing this. And you're not only dealing now with one specific state you're dealing with in well not all 50 states but a good majority of the states have a team that's involved so it has to be done on a national level now craig let me ask you one question larry yeah if i could just add one other thing to that another thing that we're finding and find in the school system as well um is that a lot of your, your your fans are your young baseball fans too uh, and that the parents allowing kids to go to a place like that, a lot of them are reluctant right now. So that that's another thing that I think, whatever sport it is, you know, for the young fan, uh, especially baseball, you get a young, a much you know younger than you would a football fan um, in a lot of situations going to the game. Um, they're going to have to make sure that they can make the parents feel comfortable so they allow the kids to go to the games last question before we let you leave craig because we're running short on time here and it's only a prediction we understand that um but if you had to guess going back to the nfl does the nfl season start on time yes or no Correct. Um, to, to make these decisions, but uh, 
Yeah, I think the NFL season will start start on time. All right. Now, Craig, we'll, I know both of us will be listening throughout the day to hear what comes out of this Major League Baseball conference call. And if we get some good news and we find out they're going to report, love to have you back on so we can talk about what we can expect from the Tampa Bay Rays this upcoming season. That, that would be awesome. I'm always available for you. love your show. So anytime you want me on, I'll be glad to. All right. You guys stay safe down there, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Larry. Same to you guys. Thank you. That was our Frankly Speaking Sports correspondent out of Tampa Bay, the one and only Craig Frank. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. Want to remind you if you have any questions, topics, concerns, thoughts you want to talk about, you know how to get in touch with us. And if you don't, here it is. Go to this message link at the end of this podcast. Leave a message. It'll record your message. We'll play it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. Also, you can go to our Twitter account, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. You can go to our email address, franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com, or the most popular upcoming Facebook group page in the nation, Frankly Speaking Sports. Make sure you type the word sports at the end of it. You get the latest update, news, reports we get. As soon as we get them, we pass them on to you. Even sooner than I read them, I pass them on to you. And not only that, we also put all our different podcast episodes and interviews on there for your listening pleasure. Thought we had a great conversation with Craig Frank, uh, correspondent out of Tampa Bay. We talked about the Bucks. Hopefully we answered some of the questions, which obviously it's a lot of speculation at this time. We will be in touch with you later in the day if breaking news comes out of Major League Baseball. We are expecting a con well, not expecting. There is definitely a conference call today. So as that conference call is reaches a completion and we get some news from it, we will definitely pass it on to you. If we need to go on the air tonight for any specific reason, we will do so if necessary and go live. Whatever it takes to keep our fans informed. Want to remind you, we do have a very interesting show tomorrow. I am trying to get a guest who is involved in minor league baseball to come on. I have sent several invitations. Hopefully we'll get back from them. And we're going to talk about minor league baseball. And I'm going to give you my opinion on the draft going from 40 rounds down to five rounds, which those of you know that baseball, that's a considerable difference. Also about the uh, cutting out of some teams in minor league baseball. I believe Major League Baseball is talking about reducing it by 40 minor league teams. So we'll discuss that in a lot of detail on tomorrow's show. I want to thank you all for joining us today, and we look forward again to hearing you, seeing you, and hearing all the topics you want to talk about tomorrow on Frankly Speaking Sports.